have, have disappeared. You know, the corruption of the flesh still remains. But we have the presence of the spirit that um, awakens us to those desires of the flesh, that seeks to overrule those desires, that, again, fights against those desires. Good. What else would we say about this contrast that Paul makes between flesh and spirit? Yet these things cannot um, abide the presence of one another. Um, the, um, Calvin said this, the spiritual life will not be maintained without a struggle. The spirit and the flesh are opposed in irreconcilable conflict. The spirit is the worker of the new life and the fellowship of Christ's death and resurrection. The walk by the spirit goes to show that this life realizes itself not only in Christ, but also in the present historical reality of the believer. Um, and so as we think about this, um, the spirit denotes the renewed nature or this regenerated nature. And the flesh means this, this old man, this old person, this um, uh, sinful nature. And so if we would obey the spirit, we must labor, fight, and apply our utmost energy um, and in, in waging against this flesh. And as Marg said, it, it often starts with self-denial. Um, and as we think about these, the fruit of the spirit, you know, they're coming in the context of this war between flesh and spirit. And that um, the life of us as new creatures means putting to death the, the residue of sin in the old man. Good, what else? Bill. I can tell you're going to raise your hand. <laughs> Bill just looked like he had something to say. Yeah, as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, um, and as we think about the qualities that, that Paul lists here, the, um, the defining basis for those qualities is God himself. Um, you know, as we think about, and, and, you know, we can talk about these different characteristics, you know, but what's the, how do we define love? You know, you know, we define love by the act of Christ for us. That's the ultimate definition. You know, what greater love is there? than a man who's willing to lay down his life for others. And so as we think about, you know, what these different traits are that the Spirit is producing in us, yeah, they're traits reflective of the character of God. And so as we think about sanctification, again, we, um, part of what Paul's uh, uh, trying to, to instill in us, it's not just, you know, giving us a new list of things to do. You know, it's, it's more about the character that we're being transformed into. You know, um, and I talked about this last week. It's not about becoming something that we're not. It's about being who we are as people indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's an unfolding, it's a growth, it's a maturation uh, of the principle that's been planted in us. 
It's not, um, it's not us trying to achieve something external to us. It's about us unfolding the, the new hearts that have been placed in us, the new character that God has instilled in us. Um, and that means, you know, again, even as Paul says here, um, you know, there are going to be things you're going to want to do and sometimes things that you do do that are sinful. Um, but what's different is you see those things as sinful. You, you repent of those things. You, you continue to exercise faith. And so you hate the sin that you do and long for a different, um, uh, a different set of external behaviors. Good. Other things you'd say about um, this contrast between flesh and spirit? Or, oh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Mike. And, and, the, it's, and notice again, you know, as you rightly place it, it's in this context of only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You know, so as he sets up this, this dichotomy between flesh and the spirit, he starts off by you know, this dichotomy between you know, servicing the flesh, servicing yourself and your own desires, and this service to others, um, you know, through love serve one another. You shall love your neighbor as your, yourself. Um, to sort of, um, as we think about this expression of what the life of the Spirit looks like, um, it's a life directed for the good of others, putting the good of others before our own good. And again, notice how this is um, in Pauline fashion, it's modeled on Christ. You know, that great Christ hymn in, in the second chapter of Philippians. You know, Christ didn't come to, to be served, but he came to serve, you know, and, and he's the model of Christian humility, that though he was exalted, um, uh, he humbled himself, taking on flesh, and then humbled himself even further by um, dying on a cross for our sake, you know, that he was willing to give of his very life in order that we might be saved for our good. And that is the model of spirit-led service, spirit-led uh, life. And that contrasts the life of the flesh, which puts me first. Um, Stephen was in the Sound of Music on Friday night, and he's got this great scene. He played Max in the Sound of Music, you know, the, uh, the guy who's the the friend of the Von Trapps, and he says, uh, you know, I like rich people, 
I like the way they live. I like the way I live when I'm with them. <laughs> um, and he's got, he had this song where he just kept saying, I and me. And, um, you know, and that's a great uh, picture of life of the flesh. You know, what's it for me? Um, and there's this one song that's in the stage musical that's cut from the movie. Um, and it's where um, the Baroness and Max are trying to convince the captain, Captain Von Trapp, to compromise with the Nazis. And so they have this song, you know, it put away principles, you know, you'll get along much better if you just compromise with these people. You know, you can keep, you know, you're gonna lose all your house, what's it gonna do to your family? And it's this, this choice between living a principled life or living a life according to the desires of the flesh. And that's the kind of choice that's being offered in this one particular song. I, I mean, I don't know musically um, if it's a good song or not, but I, I like the point of it um, that, you know, it's this, this contrast between a principled life and here in the context of Galatians, I'd say the spirit-led life um, and the life of the flesh that puts oneself above all other things. Okay, um, one other thing before we get to the fruit of the Spirit itself. What does Paul mean when he says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law? Or, as he says, you're called to freedom. So what is this, what is this liberty that we possess, and how does that contrast with the law? Yeah, Kathy. No, that's, we're all venturing. That's all we can do is venture. <laughs> Yeah, it's, the, it's this changed desire, and it's the way that the law has gone from being this external set of rules to, you know, to being written on our hearts. You know, we don't, and um, I was trying to express this to, to Geraldine last week. Um, we were talking after Sunday school, and I, I, I wasn't doing it very well. Sorry, Geraldine. <laughs> but I was trying to use the example of Mother's Day. And, you know, and like a life by the law of Mother's Day would, would give me a list 
of things I would have to do to express my love for my mother, you know, rather than, you know, what is, you know, of course I love my mother. And, you know, whether I could be there or not is an expression of my, you know, it's not my following of some external principles. It's what's, again, kind of coming out of my heart um, in, in love and gratitude that, you know, leads to things that I want to do for her and call her and talk to her and, and share, um, not because I have a checklist of these are the things I have to do in order to be a good son on Mother's Day. And it's, it's that, you know, it, you know we would kind of, we, we would mock the kind of, well, how, how do you love your mother? Well, I did this, this, and this for her. Well, that is, is that really how <laughs> you express love by, by these external things? Or, you know, it, you know again, it's, it's coming out of the, the heart. Um, yeah, Jay. <laughs> actually, it was created, uh, I, I think I used this in a sermon a couple years ago. It was actually created as an um, a, uh, anti-war holiday. So, um, yeah, it was a pacifist, let's put an end to, to, to war, mothers of the world unite. Um, kind of thing um, that Hallmark took over <laughs> and, and changed to something else. But it, yeah, it's, it actually started as this kind of, um, yeah, international women's peace movement. Um, Yeah, and as we look at this passage, it's about how we live spirit lives in the flesh. Um, yeah, and it's the way that, again, it's, it's how um, the, you know, we've been freed from the, the punishment, eternal reward and punishment that's set in the law. You know, that, that Christ has, has taken that, you know, any penalty for sin away from us. Um, and as Kathy said, you know, in gratitude, you know, we're kind of freed now to live and as he says here you know to be free doesn't mean to now be free to do all those things of the flesh because again and you know flesh and spirit are <laughs> antithetical to one another so if we by the spirit we've been freed from the law we're you know we don't start doing those fleshly things we've been freed from you know we've been have these principles um, placed in us that lead us um, to now live a different sort of life. Um, and um, I was, I'm trying to think of a, an analogy for this. Um, um, Stephen gets really nervous, like, during ball games and things, and, like, he always does best when he relaxes. I'm like, look, you know, you, know, there, you don't have to worry, you know, 
whether you fail or succeed doesn't change my love for you and sort of try to remove the kind of reward punishment aspect of competition and just get them to you know to to yeah enjoy playing whatever sport he's playing and he always does you know he does better at that moment than when he's coming up to the plate and thinks the whole game resides on him or if he misses a kick to think that the whole you know everything's left down when he's freed from that kind of sense of um, you know guilt and punishment um, when he's freed from that kind of oppression um, he 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 plays better you know um, and I think that's the way when we're kind of realize that my acceptance before God doesn't again isn't um, conditioned by my obedience but um, as Jay said but because of Christ's obedience on my behalf you know that is so freeing it's liberating in Pauline language um, we've been freed from this threat of death and punishment we've received life um, and that life works its way you know into how we live which is you know I, I think it's really instructive here that it's we're given not um, uh, a list of the rules of the spirit or the laws of the spirit or the regulations of the spirit but we're given this list of the fruit of the spirit so why fruit why use this this um, image of fruit to talk about this contrasting principle to law and flesh. Yeah, we think of those other scriptural passages that talk about talk about fruit. Um, to, to think about um, um, Jesus. Um, in get the reference um, in the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 7 16 to 20 the tree will be known by its fruit you know that um, and you know a bad tree can't bear good fruit <laughs> um, and, and a, a good tree will bear good fruit and so yeah it's about you know um, what it is you know at our heart is reflected by what comes out of that heart you know, and so this change that's been wrought in us it manifests itself um, through these external things. You know, the internal change of, of our hearts, our regenerated hearts, expresses itself through these living fruits. You know, we're not producing, you know, the kind of dead works of the flesh. We're now producing this living fruit. Good. What else would you say? Yeah. And again, to sort of think, where is this fruit coming from? It, it, you know, as, as Jesus says in the Gospel of John, you know, I'm the true vine, you are the branches, you know, and we bear fruit because of our connection to this life-giving vine. So again, think about all this kind of, you know, I've been trying to emphasize how the Holy Spirit applies to us the work of Christ, connects us to the work of Christ. And even as we see the fruit of the spirit, that fruit is coming out 
of that life-giving connection to the true vine, um, to Jesus Christ. And this fruit um, that, that comes from our behaviors is, a, is the product of our connection to the life-giving vine, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah, we and again, it's it's this is the positive attributes that we see being expressed in our lives. And again, it's it's not um, it's not that we're not going to stumble, and it's not that we're there are going to be there are moments where you know the flesh is going to be waging against this fruit. I mean, again, the the pastoral imagery works works nicely. You know, it's. Um, there are going to be weeds and things that are going to be, <laughs> you know, uh, fighting against the production of that fruit in our lives. You know, sin is going to be working against us, but, the, you know, the fruit will come through, and the fruit will come through again because of, you know, who we're connected to by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and we're changed because of that. You know, as you say, you know, and, and these are expressions of that change. And, and notice how, you know, he follows up. Um, and I, I, again, I think the contrast that he sets up here between the works of the flesh, and he goes on to list specific things, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. He's listing very specific actions, and yet he contrasts it um, with a specific set of characteristics that lead to actions, you know. Um, he, he doesn't list for us, you know, all the different ways, all right, do these things each day to express kindness. You know, it's, you know, kindness, um, and no matter what you do, kindness is, should be coming out in how you do it. Um, I was thinking about, I, I've I've had like the worst semester with like difficult students. Like I had more difficult students this semester than I had the previous seven years put together. <laughs> um, like, like really? <laughs> and um, and this this one student has has been particularly um, nettlesome. <laughs> um, would be an apt uh, descriptor. And there have been moments where I get you know three o'clock in the morning, I get this email from her, and, you know, my, res my immediate response is, you know, like, to sit down and hammer out, you know, an equally uh, um, nasty email response, um, and, you know, if I was in the flesh, that's what I'd, I'd do, but, you know, again, it's the principle of kindness. All right, that's what I want to say, <laughs> but what should I say? What would be the Christian thing to say? So even though I'm, you know, she's being prickly and difficult, you know, 
I have to respond and couch my response to her in you know, all these attributes. What's going to be um, the response that helps bring peace to the situation rather than escalating it? And that means you know, being very principled. No, <laughs> you have to do this. <laughs> this is a requirement of the class. You cannot get out of it. <laughs> Um, so, but I have to do that in a way that's, that's kind um, and, and peaceful and is not, you know, going to lead to an, an even nastier response from her. But, you know, hopefully will issue into some sort of you know, resolution. But as we think about these principles, the, these changes, you know, it's coming out in these characteristics rather than a, a list of things, do this, do that. You know, it's more about, you know, again, these, uh, you know, change of heart being reflected in everything we do. Um, and it's not, you know, again, how do I put on the fruit of the Spirit? Um, again, fruit um, is, is being produced from who we are. Um, it's, it's not that we're going out and, like, you know, buying fruit and stapling it to the tree. <laughs> you know, it should be expressions of our connection to that life-giving vine um, that's that's working in and through us. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, and notice how, um, along with that, how, you know, as we think about this, this list, um, you, you know, that it's, it's, it's fundamentally relational, which is why, you know, I'm going to work on self-control. Um, and it's not just sort of controlling my own behaviors. It's, again, sort of like, you know, as we had heard preached um, a couple weeks ago, you know, controlling the tongue, <laughs> you know, exercising you know, control over this thing that can injure and harm someone else. Um, and as we think about this, this list of fruit, it's a fundamentally relational list of characteristics. Um, or, you know, again, uh, a lot of people, you know, you get all kinds of debates about kind of breaking out the fruit of the spirit. And, um, and some people say, well, the, the last eight are just an expression of what the first one means, love. <laughs> what does love mean? Well, love is kind. <laughs> it's faithful. It exercises self-control. You know, it, it's, it um, promotes peace, you know. Um, and they're all coming out of that earlier expression, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the summary of the whole law. And the fruit of the Spirit is allowing us to express that love. And again, how that expression of love 
is going to be different for different people, different situations. And, you know, how do I, again, sort of think, use my analogy of the student. How do I, how do I deal with her, you know, principally, you know, again, I'm, it's not, doesn't mean I'm caving in on the requirements that she wants to get out of. But how do I, you know, hold firm, but hold firm in a, a kind way? How do I control, you know, she's trying to provoke me. I think sometimes she's trying to really, you know, set me off. How do I, you know, maintain self-control? Um, you know, and it's all in this kind of relational atmosphere um, that these are expressions. And again, as we think of the list, they're really expressions of how God has dealt with us. Um, and as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in, is, is conformity to Christ um, and the expression of how Christ lived. And again, we, we talked about how Christ was the Spirit bearer prophesied in the Old Testament, that he is this one coming who will be full of the Spirit, and that manifested itself in how he lived. And so we see Jesus and his ministry you know, modeling for us these various fruit of the Spirit. Um, I, I meant to bring, um, R.C. Sproul has um, a good, um, in his exposition of the Holy Spirit, um, when he goes through the fruit of the Spirit, each with each one, he kind of goes to an example from, from Christ's life. I meant to bring the book with me, but I forgot. Um, but one I remember would be like where the woman who is about to be stoned um, and so Jesus has, you know, let he without first sin cast the first stone. And, um, and how he deals this w with this woman, and when every, where'd everybody go? <laughs> and, and he goes, um, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So again, it's not that he's, you know, excusing her sinfulness, but how is he, you know, again, modeling how, you know, the kindness. Um, he's dealing with this sinner in a kind way, or to think of the prophecy of Isaiah, you know, a bruised reed he will not break. You know, that's the model of Christian kindness. That's the model of this kind of spirit-produced fruit in us. Good. What else would we say about why fruit? Got six minutes. Yeah, and um, as we think about, you know, um, again, to, to sort of think about these as it's manifesting itself in lots of ways, you know. Um, it, it promotes peace. And, and notice how in the context of, of this letter to the Galatians, you know, um, earlier he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. So again, the fruit of the Spirit is being worked out in the context of a church that is filled with dissensions, you know, filled with backbiting, um, filled with rivalries, um, filled with jealousy. Um, and he's, he's saying, no, this is what, you know, this Christian community should be characterized. Um, you know, and he ends, you know, after, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, you know, it's, he's kind of got this sandwich bookends um, of, 
you know, the, the kind of dissension within the church and the fruit of the spirit is going to work to, to undo those kinds of selfish rivalries that can emerge, the kind of selfish jealousy, um, the, the kind of selfish backbiting that can uh, take place within a close-knit uh, Christian community. Yeah, it elevates, it increases the presence of sin and increases, again, some of the things he lists in the elements of the flesh, you know, um, and, and it starts with this, uh, you know, it, the fruit of the spirit, um, to go back to what um, I think it was Mike said it earlier, you know, it, it, it's, it's the counter to the self, you know, and, uh, you know, we, when we think of arguments, you know, arguments often or disputes are often about I'm right, she's wrong, <laughs> you know, and, and to, to counter that, the fruit of the spirit is to, you know, all right, so maybe I'm, maybe I am right, but is defending my right on this point, you know, is that really, <laughs> you know, does it matter if I'm right? I, like, Anne Reese is, is the debater and the family, um, and she, she's good at it, <laughs> you know, I, you know, she, she, yeah, there's a cold, hard logic that expresses why she's right, <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and I've learned in dealing with her, all right, you know, because the temptation when you come across a debater like that is you want to win the argument, <laughs> okay, I can employ a cold, rigid logic just as harshly as you, and you know to to deal with it a different way to sort of all right okay so let me grant you that point or all right well let's let's say you're right um and you know again to sort of pull it back into the the you know these deeper principles um you know the, these fruit is winning the argument um often isn't going to produce love and peace <laughs> You know, as, as you say, um, it, it often increases and escalates it. Um, so, and it's how do we live principally, but principally um, in a way that expresses the fruit of the Spirit. So again, it's not that we're, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's not that we now lack spine, but now we, we, we come at things, you know, thinking of the other person before ourselves. 
Um, and again, I think that's the, as we think about what's gonna be the loving way to respond. How do I love my neighbor as myself in this situation? How can I express the love of Christ for me through loving this other person? Um, uh, I had a good uh, quote on this. Um, I, I wish we would, could always remember, um, this is Calvin, when the devil tempts us to disputes that the disagreement of members within the church can lead to nothing else than the ruin and consumption of the whole body. Um, the image of God ought to be particularly regarded as a sacred bond of union. And for that reason, no distinction is made here between friend or foe, nor can the wickedness of man set aside the right of nature. God is invisible, but he represents himself to us in the brethren, and in their persons demands what is due to himself. So again, it's we're expressing um, God's love for us through our love for one another. Um, and it's the way, um, I, I know I've said this before, um, Luther, when he talks about, we used to ask this question to uh, students um, on their final exam in church history, you know, give an explanation of Luther's concept of work. Um, and, well, Luther, you know, the, the kind of first impulse, well, Luther's faith overworks and, you know, wants to talk about that. But Luther, God doesn't need our works, um, but our neighbor does. Um, and that's, you know, as we think about this fruit of the Spirit bearing itself in our lives, it's, it's in dealing and showing the love of Christ for us to our neighbor. Good. Um, <laughs> um, and, and notice, you know, I, I know we're kind of dipping our toe in, in the fruit of the Spirit. There are lots of, of further things that we could talk about, um, but in, in clothing, um, uh, or closing, not clothing. Um, um, yes, we want to be clothed with the fruit of the Spirit. Um, uh, you know, to think of these uh, as, um, you know, again, things that the Spirit are producing uh, in us, but things we participate in and actively work to cultivate. Um, our responsibility is to cherish and cultivate these graces and to resist and reject everything which opposes and hinders them. So again, opposing those works of the flesh. Fruit is neither our invention nor our product. Nevertheless, it requires our diligence. And 2 Peter um, chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 8 is a good, um, has a kind of similar list and sort of talks about um, how we, we diligently work um, to cultivate things. things. Um, these are virtues our Lord wants us to cultivate. These are the virtues that are at the same times the gifts of God. God promises to reward these traits in us, not because they flow from our own intrinsic righteousness, because, but because, as Augustine put it, God is pleased to crown his own gifts. Um, and it's that idea that you know, we can produce these things in our lives because of this gift of the Holy Spirit to us. And so we look to work and cultivate um, these fruits and to seek their increase um, in our lives as a positive expression 
of sanctification. You know, it has the negative side of mortifying sin, but it has the positive side of, of being conformed to the image of Christ and, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Um, uh, so let me close this in prayer and just uh, to go ahead and prepare you for next week. Next week we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and we'll particularly be looking um, in 1 Corinthians. So if you want to do some homework between now and then, because um, I'm going to need help. <laughs> uh, so 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, we'll be in there probably for two weeks. We'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, but let me close this in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us um, that uh, you have expressed um, these fruits of the Spirit to us, um, that you have shown your love uh, to us by sending your Son, uh, Jesus Christ, um, not to serve, but, or not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many that you came um, as the Prince of Peace, um, bringing uh, perfect uh, harmony between man and man, between man and, and you, um, between man and the entirety of creation, that it's not uh, a peace of just uh, sweeping sin under the rug, but it's perfect peace. Um, and along with that comes the, the joy that's produced in us by your spirit, this gift of joy that in uh, any and all circumstances, we can rejoice knowing how loved we are and that um, the present difficulties of this life that we suffer um, in this body uh, are insignificant to the, the fruit of the spirit that you've uh, given us and are, are bearing in us and this eternal glory you're preparing us for and help us to taste um, to get a foretaste of that eternal glory as we worship you uh, this day as we join our voices in song as we give attention to um, your truth by hearing your word proclaimed as we unburden our needs um, before you and uh, to give you praise and adoration as we pray to you um, as we come to your table um, a physical sign of how we need you and need to be fed by you um, and it's by our connection to you that we look for this fruit of the spirit to appear in our lives uh, cultivate these graces in us um, through the work of your son jesus christ by your spirit. And we've asked these things in his name. Amen.